Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You made it, everybody. You made it through the week. It's Friday. It's Friday, everybody. Take your pants off. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Keep them on. Uh, Or do whatever you do normally when you listen to the Colleen and Bradley show on a Friday. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Uh, Hello. And are we getting serious already? Mm-hmm. Yes, because we have a very Lots of serious, serious, topics to discuss serious court case to talk about. One of many, actually. Well, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, Lori and Julia will do the wonderful coverage that they do of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard yeah. trial. That is not to say that we won't bring it up. But I think it's pretty safe to say there's another one that we've got our eyes on that probably a lot of the other shows on the station aren't watching as closely. And that is the trial involving Black China and some of the Jenner Kardashian ladies. Yeah, Kris Jenner and Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian, I mm-hmm. think, are all the ladies that are being sued by one Black China. And there were developments yesterday. I know you talked about some of the previous day's developments yesterday, but uh, specifically, we got uh, to hear from Black China on cross-examination about a number of things. And frankly, my takeaway from the reading, because I'm, I was not present at the trial, even though I was not here yesterday, that's not where I was. Um, the thing that I find most fascinating about the testimony yesterday was not that she cried, which a lot of the headlines led with, you know, like Black China chokes back tears during cross-examination mm. at the Kardashian trial. And that really had to do with the whole... Uh, revenge porn thing that mm. Rob Kardashian was a part of. Yeah, that would do it. Uh, but that's not what I found most fascinating or most interesting because, well, that's all predictable. I found the details about the contract that she had for her shoe to be rather interesting. Okay, so these are the things, yes, these are the things that will be coming out in this trial that people are going to make it all about the dramatics. People are going to make it about, you know, what people wore, what happened, what who said what. But these are the gritty details that are, I think, most fascinating also. So tell us about this contract and what you learned. So this is, again, in the cross-examination portion where uh, the Kardashian Car Jenner's attorney, Mr. Rhodes, questioned Black China on whether she was, you know, basically in this for clout, right? Right. Whether she was seeking publicity in this whole experience. And she said, um, yeah, I mean, I wanted everybody to hear my side of the story, so that's why, because, you know, she did that interview. I think it was like Good Morning America. Didn't she do like an interview? Right. Um, she went, uh, they went on to have this conversation. But the the piece that stuck out to me was the contract where the attorney says, um, you know, hey, you were paid a $100,000 kill fee and a 
another $370,000 if they didn't move forward with season two of Robin China Kill Fee, meaning like if we kill the season, mm-hmm. you're going to still get some money, $100,000 or maybe kill the show. Um, $100,000 not to like kill someone. That kill fee was not to kill someone, which also, by the way, didn't come you. up in testimony because there was this whole conversation about how Black China had allegedly threatened to kill Kylie because of her uh, dating Tyga. Okay. So, wow. It's a long story. Which is her ex, and she has a son, King Cairo, with Tyga. It's a whole situation. We'll draw a picture well, later. And Black China's attorney was like, hey, Chris Jenner, what about that Black China trying to, you know, or like threatening to kill um, your daughter? What'd you think about that? And she's like, essentially, Chris is like, well, we didn't talk about it because we just kept it internal. I didn't take it seriously, blah, 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 mm. blah. Anyway, back to the story about the contract. So she uh, allegedly, Black China was going to be paid or was paid $100,000 to kill the show plus $370,000 because they didn't move forward with season two. And the whole reason that was brought up was because they were trying to make the point that like, hey, Black China, you knew they were canceling the show mm-hmm. and you agreed to that. Because you accepted the $100,000. Right. You signed that contract. Right? That's the agreement. Exactly. And she's like, well, I didn't sign it. She, you know, that's my signature, but I didn't sign it. Meaning that's not what I understood that $100,000 to be. Um, she said, I can't explain what the uh, attorney Walter Mosley was doing. Um, but she did not think that that was to kill the show. She thought it was for filming. And so essentially, she's like, I didn't know what I was signing, basically, I think is her argument. Now you can take her. I mean, I got a lot of questions about that. Yeah, for sure. No answers. Exactly. Um, So, you know, that to me was the most interesting. $100,000 to kill the show. Can I have a like contract where like if we decide not to do the show, I got $100,000. We get a whole lot of money. I mean, it begs the question how much they were making on the show overall. Well, and that's the piece that, you know, I'm curious about, too, is, you know, well, yesterday, one of the things we talked about, Bradley, when you weren't here, was how uh, Black China, during this, you know, during her time on the stand, she spoke about how um, there were, uh, there was a contract for her, both of her kids. So King Cairo, who's her child with Tyga, yeah. and Dream, they each had their own appearance fee on the show yeah. that Kris Jenner had negotiated for her okay and uh what was interesting about that to me was that king kairos was higher it was like almost double what dreams was now i don't know the more i think about it i wonder if it's because dream is a was a baby and he was a toddler if there was something (laughs) about age but the way that i you know whatever the the emotion that I put toward it was sort of the notion of like dream is a Kardashian. She's going to be fine, but we're going to throw some extra money toward King Cairo, your other child, because he's not necessarily in the family and we want to, you know, compensate him for appearing whenever he does. But in any case, do you want to know what those figures were? Because it is stunning. So she, um, Oh no, I have to figure out where, where that was yesterday um it was something along the lines of okay here we go um oh darn it hold on a second sorry i was there it was like it was tens of thousands of dollars 
tens of thousands of dollars for a, like for an a, appearance a, on the show for a child. Yeah. Um. Anytime they appeared on the show, it was uh, for King, her son. Again, her older child. And that's her son with with Tyga. Tyga, who is now with Kylie. W- yes, exactly. Which is also that's. A strange thing. Uh, $11,700 per appearance. Wow. And then for Dream, it was 5850 So every time they showed up on the show, they got paid. Yeah, it's just a little disturbing to think that the children... I also saw, for example, is your phone ticking? My watch thought I was talking... I'm not talking to you, Siri. Is that a man's voice? I guess Siri turned into a man on my watch oh, at some point. That's crazy. Okay, Um. so back to the actual mm-hmm. story. I saw this horrible, well, I, look, I don't want to like bring the room totally down, but I saw this photo of like, you know, those bus, bus shelter ads mm-hmm. for like the Kardashians new season. And remember the whole thing was like biggest, biggest premiere in U.S. history, which I would like to talk about in just a moment if we have time, uh, mm-hmm. because I don't think I was here when that happened or we didn't get enough time to talk about it. But it was juxtaposed with um, a person sleeping on the ground next to this picture of like the Kardashians looking, you know, phenomenal. That is not a sign of the times. Uh, It was just so depressing. And what made me think of that, of course, was, you know, saying like, we're going to give the children. I mean, not that children shouldn't be compensated for. I just you know what I'm saying is like we can contain these children will be wealthier than most Americans will ever be in their entire lifetime. Yeah. Just by the nature of being children. Dream was a particular family infant and did just was in somebody's arms and was getting paid that much. Yeah. While, you know, a person who's stuck in a system is lying, sleeping on the ground in front of a poster of the richest people around. Also, I know we did talk briefly about the Kardashians series on Hulu being touted as like the biggest premiere in Hulu or in US history. Mm-hmm. And I was like that's a weird phrase. The biggest premiere in US history. Like in the history of the United States? Right. Like how long has Hulu been around? Like well, 5 minutes? I have a theory about this. I have a theory that this was part of Chris Jenner's negotiations with Hulu that they had to inflate verbally because they don't, they can't, they're not providing any. Yeah. They don't give numbers. They don't give numbers. So I have this theory that she, that that's part of what she agreed to or made them agree to that. They would say this was the whatever top premiere and the words are, bizarre well and 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 i don't think you're you have a theory because i think there's an actual set of facts that would back that up because i was reading a story yesterday that lays this all out and how the the word choice that they use indicates it's a very narrow framing of what they're actually claiming because they're they're only including and they tried to make these conversations about um you know uh, Disney content as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, this greater thing is now a product of Disney. Mm-hmm. And it's like all the non-Disney content on Hulu that's, you know, like the, it's very narrowly framed. Mm-hmm. And to say U.S. history, actually what that's implying is that it's just on the Hulu platform in the United States. So things that have premiered on Hulu that are not Disney related or connected that only premiered in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's like such a narrow focus yeah. that when you say it, it sounds huge, right? right? Like in U.S. history. But 
but you're like, well, back in like when Lincoln was president, we didn't have a Hulu. Right. So to say U.S. history is, you know, completely just. I mean, it, I mean, narrow, it means it, nothing. It means nothing. And that's yeah. the thing about it is they've because they have to see their A's by cover their asses. Yep. By <laughs> um, making it something that they could plausibly give you the status or the statistics on if they were pressed to so that it's not false advertising, but it's so obnoxious and convoluted that it's, you have to be listening closely to realize that you're actually not being told anything. I can't think of the word, that thing, like when you make it sound like it's a thing and it's not a thing, like a big thing, but it's not a thing Mm -hmm. like superlative. It's a superlative, Mm -hmm. like the biggest in us history. Right. Asterisk. Let me actually break down what that means. It's not very big, but it gives the it gives them the headline, which is also the thing that they do with you know outfits and magazines such as Forbes, where you get people to say you're a billionaire. Yeah. But when you actually begin to pull that apart, it doesn't really mean you're a billionaire. No, and it's fully part of the Kardashians' marketing strategy. We've seen it time and again. Fool me once, which is self perpetuating. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Like rich people use their rich peopleness to get richer. Right, and somebody sleeping on the ground. Yeah, next to Sorry. The... Oh, my gosh. I know. We're going to turn it around. It'll get better uh, when we come Will back. I it? don't know, actually. I'm looking Look at outside. Holly with pleading eyes. Look outside. Please give us some good news from Hollywood and the Dirt Alert. Okay, well, stay tuned after this on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Roberts is here with all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Hey, Holly. Hey, Hi, let's talk about Lauren Michaels. Okay. He can't explain Pete Davidson's magnetism. I, nobody, did, ha, so few people can. Did we expect him to? I don't know. Yeah, was that in his job description? Perhaps, but Lauren Michaels, the creative and executive producer of Saturday Night Live, well, he was asked what he thought about Pete Davidson's Mm, charisma, so to speak. And he said, you can answer that better than I can. I mean, okay, great. <laughs> that seems okay. very eloquent. Right. Now, Lauren Michaels, uh, yeah, so that's what he had to say about that. Now, Pete Davidson has been a cast member on Saturday Night Live since 2014. And I suppose Lauren Michaels is like, look, if you guys are paying attention to Pete Davidson, that means you're paying attention to my show. And so that's all he cares about. Now we know that. Yes. I mean, we could have guessed. Which I think that they've appeared to have like a special relationship, if I uh, read the room correctly, just based on like the things we've heard. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It appears that Lauren had take spe- taken special interest in him. Yes. And uh, one imagines that's in part because he recognized how magnetic his personality was to the audience Mm -hmm. yeah now a report yesterday said that davidson's or the day before that pete davidson's inner circle has advised him to not appear on the kardashians new series over at hulu they're like you already Um, you already have enough going on in your life why do you need to go add that to the list which you know again i i i think that that is good solid advice he has a lot that he's doing and I don't really know that the Kardashian brand it jives with that very well. What do you mean? Well, the Kardashian brand is sort of like about opulence and like, I don't know. And I'm putting it in loose quotes, reality and not maybe about talent. And he's doing some, I mean, he's got a couple things in the can and they're not all super comedy ish. Right. I'm trying to remember. There was one that stood out to me that felt like it wasn't, you know, just slapsticky Saturday Night Livey. One of them, he's starring as Joey Ramone in a That's biopic. That's what it is. That's what it was about Joey Ramone. Well, I think mm-hmm. what I what I hear is you're saying like he has an actual career that transcends mm-hmm. just the nature of him being him. Yep. I would just argue the reason for him to not like be in the show is like he's getting all the PR even yeah. without being in the show. Like right. just he's got by the nature of, of the fact that he's with Kim Kardashian, they will be the ones that sort of you know, trade off the fact that he's in their life without him actually ever having to show up. Like he's mm-hmm. a character because we all know that that's who they're, you know, who I should say not they're dating, but who she's dating. Exactly. Sorry. I just smushed the microphone when I was moving oh. it back to my mouth. No big deal. Hey, happy 85th birthday to Oscar winner, Jack Nicholson. Oh, wow. 85, 85. And Jack Nicholson is talking about playing the Joker in the 1989 movie Batman. Oh, it's such a good role. Yes, and he said that he immediately knew how he was going to play Joker in that movie, and it would be the only way that that film would be taken seriously. He said that he had to make his Joker scary. Specifically, he wanted to scare the kids. Lovely. And scare he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, Jack- and really, like he created a role, you know, or a character. Um, that didn't exist before because the role of the Joker was this sort of like, I mean, Cesar Romero was kind of creepy as a child just be, you know, because of the way his makeup and hair and everything, but like his character wasn't particularly scary. So he actually did, you know, from whole cloth sort of create this idea of the Joker in a way that I think set the stage for even people like Heath Ledger. Well, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say too, is that I, he true. I, I may be wrong. I'm not a film student, but, it seems to me that what he did with the Joker is exactly what then informed how they continue to develop the Joker. Yeah. So he said that, you know, he referenced Cesar Romero inadvertently. He was like, look, I didn't want to do the same thing as a TV program. So that's just a little fun anecdote there. Jack Nicholson wanting to scare the kids. Another vintage. That said, can I really quickly? I Please. just, I still think Danny DeVito's penguin is even oh. scarier. Than- oh, 
he Jack bites Nicholson. that person's face off. Yeah. And then he like bleeds black. This is a whole thing. Oh, can we just talk the about the last 48 hours? What? For a moment. We've just been talking about face biting a lot oh. off the air. And I just want the can world we, to know it. Should we just tell people why? I yeah, we can. <laughs> also, the we, fact I think that I have should. like frozen vegetables on my face. I, if you're okay with it, I'd really like to take just a picture of this. Okay, uh-huh. so explain, Bradley, why you have frozen <laughs> vegetables on your face. So right I had now. a wee bit of um, what is called a basal cell carcinoma removed from my face. Essentially, I'm fine. Everything's fine, uh, but it's a small amount of. Uh, skin cancer that was just removed from my nose yesterday, which is why I was not here. And um, everything went fine. It's great. And it's no longer on my face. But consequently, but what is on his face? But what is on my face <laughs> in its place is a bag of frozen. I don't I think it's mixed vegetables. It is. You've got peas, carrots and corn Ooh. Um, because they're just and I don't care. It feels really good. And no, I have I to like that. I have to um, I have to freeze my face every hour just so that the swelling goes down. But anyway, I'm fine. It's fine. However, it, it does look like a- somebody bit your nose off. So we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that led to other conversations about other people biting things off faces. True. Yeah. Like the penguin. Yeah. Bites that guy's face off and Batman returns. Also, don't get me started about how sad the penguin funeral is at the end of the movie. Okay. Spoiler oh, alert. No, with all the penguins oh, coming out. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I've never seen this. And really? now I oh, can't. It's like, it's, it's devastating. No, it's sad. No, I'm done. I'm not doing it. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what will not be devastating nor sad will be us. Solving pop culture mysteries in the form of blind items. Holly will bring them to us. We'll solve them. Thank you for that dirt alert, by the way, Holly. After this on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm the Bradley trainer. Colleen is uh, furiously making her way back to the studio and will be with us in mere moments. Of course, right now, though, we've got Holly to uh, bring us some juicy blind items. Indeed, it is the last bumper crop of celebrity gossip mysteries of this week, starting with this little nugget. Fun! With all the health violations because of food and sanitation, there must have been one heck of a check written to someone to keep the festival going this weekend. Oh, I'm assuming that was Coachella? And they had food violations? Apparently. Like slime in the ice machine? What was going on? Allegedly, supposedly. Oh. Now, according to NT Lawyer, with all the health violations because of food and sanitation, there must have been one heck of a check written to someone to keep Coachella going this weekend. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me that there would be local officials in a, uh, you know, I, I just doesn't surprise me. No. Ooh, yeah. green ice. Ooh. Green ice, moldy ice, uh, perhaps some rodent schmieces. Uh-huh. Or other kinds. Yeah. You know, at We're a festival. We're talking about Coachella. Yeah. Oh, just in case. I figured. Yeah. Shall we go to another one? Let's do it! A celebrity gossip mystery to solve right here. If you think the money laundering is bad when it comes to the popular show on the streaming channel or the movies directed by the permanent A-list... A plus list director, nothing compares to the movie producers who are asking for a million dollars to sell their movies and shows and are given five million dollars. Doesn't seem like a lot, but that is done 100 times per year. Now, I want you guys to focus 
on the popular show and the movies directed by a permanent A-list director. So focus on those two and then... Oh, that was a lot. I know. There, that oh, was did a lot. Did you mention a streaming service? Yes. Yeah, can you Is give that... us... Can you just give me like a real quick paraphrase of this? So... Can I just ask a question? Uh, yeah. Or just... Teacher? Are we talking about Netflix? Yeah. Okay, so now... Okay. We're talking about Netflix giving out a bunch of money. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a popular show on Netflix mm-hmm. making headlines because of the cost per episode mm. of each program. Okay. And what NT Lawyer is alluding to is like, well, they cost so much because there might be some funny money stuff happening. Uh-huh. Interesting. Which has always been NT Lawyer. I, I was going to say our, but mm-hmm. it's really only by way of NT Lawyer. It's his idea that perhaps there's some... Uh, Calgon take me away behavior going mm-hmm. on with the money at Netflix of a laundering nature right now. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he's, uh, he's opined cleanliness. Okay. Now I'm trying to figure out what, so is it a really popular Netflix show? Yes. The one that occurs to me is stranger things. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other thing we're looking for? Looking for a movie Made by a permanent A plus list director. A uh, movie made by permanent like a movie A-plus made at, at Netflix. Yeah, one was made for Netflix. Yes, recently. Uh, maybe like th- three years ago. Oh, who made movies for Netflix? No, I don't know. Can you narrow it down? J.J. Abrams. No. no, I'm just uh, big, big time director Steven Spielberg. Uh, no, but in the same uh, echelon, uh, James Cameron. No, eyebrows. Uh, oh, Al pa- no. Uh, but think of Al Pacino. Yeah, I know. I can see him. Uh, oh darn it. Um, it's, Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola. No, no, other guy. No, it's the other guy with the eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, we all not have eyebrows. Al- the guy with the eyebrows, not named Al Pacino, <laughs> and not Abe Bogota. Um, I mean. Rest in peace. Um, is it? Do I usually get him mixed up with Al Pacino? No. Okay. But they both starred in this Netflix movie that this guy directed. Oh, the one where they were old and then they were young and then they were old. And I don't remember. What was that Not one called? Not Al Pacino, but uh, some other guy. Named Martin Scorsese. Yes. That's that name. guy. That yes. guy. Why do I always think Al Pacino? Well, Scorsese, Pacino. It sounds like they both Baby, be on a why menu. Don't we go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scorsese, Pacino, Baby, why don't we go? Spielberg, to the Cameron. Movies. Yeah. Okay. So you if go. you think the money laundering is bad when it comes to the show Stranger Things over on Netflix, which, by the way, was reportedly spending $30 million per episode for Stranger Things. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. But not, right. but like also, yeah. Also, allegedly, supposedly on The Irishman with Martin Scorsese. That's what it was called. So, essentially, what's happening with other situations and producers, they ask for a million dollars to sell their movies and shows, then they're given $5 million. Now, NT Lawyer mm. says that doesn't seem like a lot of money, but this kind of transaction happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So there was just yeah. too much money for funny business to not be going on over there. I mean, allegedly supposedly i have literally zero proof i'm just saying well, I think it we... wouldn't surprise me that when you've got like such large amounts of money 
that things don't get misspent or misplaced. We've always had a lot of questions about their business model and how it all figures out. Yeah. Because they keep things private. Real private. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is also why people, you know, come up with theories about things. It's true. Okay, another celebrity gossip mystery. This one named foreign-born permanent A-list singer who doesn't sing any longer, doesn't like her very fast boyfriend much right now, but still wouldn't set him up to be busted. Rihanna and Aesop Rocky. Exactly. Jinx, you want me to say say Aesop like Aesop's fables? Yeah, I I don't know why I always say it that way. Yeah, you know. I I don't know. ASAP Rocky. I don't know how to Rihanna. pronounce the A after a dollar sign. I thought it was. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. I didn't sense. get that in grammar class. Yeah, whenever I, it's <laughs> A before dollar sign, except for ASAP Rocky. Dollar sign. Well, he was arrested at LAX and Rihanna did not set that up. She had nothing to do with that. That was a completely separate situation. Yeah. And NT Lawyer wants you to know that. I mean, I don't think she needed to set it up. I mean, I, thank you for clearing her name, NT Lawyer. But these two were jet setting on their PR publication. Not that they're a publication, but they were doing a PR uh jaunt to try to get ahead of these rumors about him cheating. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't they weren't being quiet about where they were or where they were going. So Exactly. Exactly. Not, I don't blame Rihanna. Now let's go back to a blind item from last week. So Bradley, this will be new to you. Okay. But confirmed for those who were listening last week. When the late night actor and this A-list actress were dating and co-starring together, he actually said that he had a, quote, better opportunity, which is why they needed to split. Who is it? Well, you know who the the hard one is going to be the actress, but the late night actor. We just talked about him. Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. And he had a better opportunity. Oh, OK. Was the it like- lady is going to be the hard one because you won't remember that they were together. But I will say this to you in order to get you where you need to be. You used to despise her because she had a relationship at one point with. Um, oh, now I missed Superman. Coco? Yeah. Ew, I didn't know they were together. Yeah. See, it happened so fast. We missed it mm-hmm. because he had a better opportunity. Yeah. With Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Pete Davidson, when he was dating Kaylee Cuoco, they are co-starring in a movie. It's not out yet, so that's also why Ah, it's really not on our radar. Yeah, so that was going to be a publication ship to promote that. Yeah, so he actually said that he had a better opportunity, which is why they needed to split. Mm -hmm. You guys, it's so weird. What? It's just so strange to me that these are conversations that happen places you know what I'm saying? I mean, it makes sense. This is part of their business is the optics, but like suddenly you showed up to just sometimes it hits you different, right? Like yeah. these aren't conversations that you have in your life because nobody cares. Yeah. You are with people because they're the right person for you to be with. But when you hear about all these conversations around opportunity and who you're dating in Hollywood, it just hits different sometimes. That's all. Do you have a quickie? Let's end with a nice celebrity gossip mystery. This permanent A-list country singer who reached his peak several decades ago had a messy personal life, but has never left less than a 500% tip on any restaurant check. 
Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Who is it? A permanent A-list country I singer? Maybe she would just throw in the name. Uh, Kenny Chesney? No. I'm going to say Garth Brooks to Colleen. Oh, yeah. He seems like a nice that, guy. That seems on brand. Yeah. Yeah. So Garth Brooks apparently has never left less than a 500% tip on any restaurant oh, that check. that is super lovely. Good job, Garth. Keep up the good work. Thank you for like leaving on a light note. On a happy note. Yeah, because we're about to tear all that down. Don't worry. Yay! <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Holly, thank you for those uh, blind items. So when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has addressed the slap on Red oh, Table wow, Talks. Finally. But she hasn't. And she's oh. not going to, but she will, but they will, but they did. Great. But I'm the, looking forward to this. I'll explain it all when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Well done there, Holly. Thank you for that weather forecast, I guess. I mean, you know, the weather yeah, gives yeah, yeah. and we share. Uh, this Look, is the Colleen and Bradley show. Minnesota, and we'll get it eventually. It'll be fine. It's, it's true. Okay. It's, it's fine. true. Just be patient. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Uh, okay, so uh, it turns out Jada Pinkett Smith has said something about the slap on Red Table Talks, but she didn't really say anything, but she said she was going to say something oh, later. And do- so it's like she's doing it without having to do it. It's kind of genius. Tell us more. Okay. So yeah. here's what happened now. As you know, Red Table Talks, this is the um, Facebook watch show that has actually, I think, I don't know if it's won Emmys, but it's definitely been nominated for Emmys. So it's it's kind of a big darn deal. I would say it's probably Facebook watches, whatever that is, biggest winner. Oh, for sure. Um, that, like what other Facebook watch show have you ever heard of? Right? N- zero. None. So she, uh, so they, they launched the new season uh, just this week. And at the beginning of the very first episode, um, we get a title card. So it's, you know, black background, white printing. And it says the following. Considering all that has happened in the last few weeks, the Smith family has been focusing on deep healing. Some of the discoveries around our healing will be shared at the table when the time calls. Until then, the table will continue offering itself to powerful, inspiring, and healing testimonies like that of our incredibly impressive first guest. Now, the first guest was Janelle Monet. Oh, cool. Awesome, right? Super great. But that was definitely an effort to say, hey, we know some of you are probably tuning in because you want to hear us talk about this thing. We're not going to talk about this thing. We're going to focus on Janelle Monet. But also, we'll talk about it. Don't worry. We'll, but we're not going to tell you when we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Which I think is now turned into their marketing strategy. Well, I was going to say, I think it's genius, really, because, you know, the minute you talk about it, the air goes out of the balloon, right? Like right. everybody stops paying attention. Right. But now you've given them a reason to, well, you're, you're saying, like, we'll do it at some point, which piques your interest. We're not going to tell you when, which keeps you guessing. And keeps you probably you even, tuning in to see when they're going to talk about it. I was going to say, because if you give them a specific date, it's like, well, I'm not paying attention until that date, which mm-hmm. means that all the other people who uh, show up for that show aren't going to get as much publicity. So from a marketing standpoint, PR standpoint, it's genius. You know, that's what we like to talk about on the show. But from just like a human perspective, it's kind of, ah, it's just depressing that, you know. No, that's just the way it is. Well, and uh, you know, honestly, you know, thank thank goodness they are focusing on their deep healing. I would like to Whatever that means, well, I'm not quite sure. That seems like a kind of catch-all throw-all word. It is a catch-all throw-all word and also it's very 
focused on their experience of the event mm. and they have yet to discuss the other member in the event which is Chris Rock who probably also has his own deep healing to do uh, at the you know for the unexpected way that he was sort of brought into this narrative there are two people that's a polite way of saying like you know slapped yeah <laughs> like he slapped. like he wasn't he was brought into the narrative sure. he was slapped but True. yeah but but um there are only two people that I want to hear from. One is Jada Pinkett Smith and one is Chris Rock. Chris Rock because he's not spoken. Jada Pinkett Smith because she's not spoken. Mm-hmm. Those are the perspectives I have. I don't, I'm not interested in listening to Chris Rock to, or, um, Will excuse Smith. me, Will Smith talk about uh, what happened because we all saw what happened. Mm-hmm. And if he needs to, you know, and he's already spoken. Right. He's not that if he has further to say, I wouldn't listen to that. It's just that, like, the the most important thing I think right now is understanding the full context of the event. If at all, we're paying attention to this event. Right. Like, right. So insofar as I have any interest in talking about it, it's with the people who have not spoken mm-hmm. and specifically Jada Pinkett Smith, because I'm over here having this like feminist conversation and I'm not a you know, like I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. but like for, I am just I have a lot of questions about what she was thinking in the moment. And I don't know that we're ever going to truly right. know because I think that Jada Pinkett Smith is smart enough to not share the absolute truth with us because she needs to protect herself and mm-hmm. what have you. But uh, like that's the that's the conversation I want to hear. Right. This man, your husband mm-hmm. slapped someone mm-hmm. allegedly in defense of you Mm -hmm. and i think there are a lot of women who um you know have questions about that right what that means and what that what that's about right and here's this is what i am wondering is if this is going on behind closed doors and if it is i think i'd be interested in uh watching it more Mm -hmm. i have this wondering if they're going if they're trying to negotiate with Chris Rock to get him on the red table talks to oh have God. I mean, yeah, which could either be great yeah. or a complete and total disaster. But boy, would people tune in for that? Right. I, I could see that. I also just, I don't know. I, that's why. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's, it's that thing where you're like, I want to know, but like, I don't want to know, right. but I want to know. It's like the Kardashians. Right. I can't not look because it says something deeper about our society and our culture in the same way that this slap heard around the world, uh, to put it, you know, boringly and overusedly, also tells us the way we react to the story tells us something about yeah. us. So I'm interested in that. But at the same time, I'm like, oof, there are so many other things I wish we could like focus energy on right and here we are still talking about it and listen i mean uh, the piece i understand is we as you mentioned we still have not heard from jada pinkett smith Mm -hmm. um i'll tell you i I don't want to i'm not trying to silence anybody but i i also am not super interested in hearing uh jaden or willow smith's take on it yet i kind of want the main players to get their story out and share in the way that they want to share before Jaden and Willow get their hands on it. And my understanding is that Willow, at least Willow is a huge part of the red table talks, right? Cause it's Willow, Jada and Jada's mom. Yeah. Um, who's also like stunning and amazing. Um, but I, you know, I just, 
I, I worry. I'm I I tiptoe forward. I tiptoe toward this. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. Anytime they like whiff, give us a whiff of this story, we will talk about it because everybody, until they do, everybody's going to be, you know, still thinking about it. Yeah. The other thing about the first time they talk about it being on the red table talks is that they can still they continue to control the narrative that way. Yeah. Um, and and I do sort of wish that there were somebody there to ask some tough questions. Well, and no doubt they'll present as though they're asking the tough questions because that's the thing they do. If you watch the mm-hmm. Red Table Talks, they're very good at framing. Like It's it's actually a very good show in the sense of um, you know how it's produced and the conversations that they have, and they do... They do a very good job, but to your point, it's like, yes, within the context of that thing, it's a very good thing, and I want to hear what they have to say, but there's this whole other side of what actually happened involving a person that doesn't have that same platform or doesn't have that same way of framing, you know, living their life through this thing that they have. Mm -hmm. He does it through his comedy. And I don't know that we should expect Chris Rock to talk about it in any other way than how he does talk about the rest of his life, which is through his, you know, chosen profession. So I don't know that we're going to get like the Barbara Walters or, you know, Red Table Talk version of... um, of Chris Rock's yeah. feelings. I also don't think that that even exists anymore. Like that kind of platform, unfortunately. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, Bradley's going to drop some science on us in science. the form of Snickers after this.